Did Don Draper really buy the world a Coke? Did Tony Soprano really die or just order more onion rings? The finales of our favorite shows can make us argue, make us cry, and make us crazy. From Spotify and The Ringer, I'm Andy Greenwald, and this is Stick the Landing, a new podcast where we'll be telling the story of modern TV backwards, one fade out at a time. Find Stick the Landing on Wednesdays on the Prestige TV feed, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Corbett. The Super Bowl is set. We are getting a rematch of Chiefs 49ers. Woo! Craig, are you, like, excited or kind of like, eh? Meh. Um, it's a good question. I think the two best teams are in the Super Bowl. So... I guess that's that's good. I, I think these actually are the two best teams. We have the best quarterback in the league and the team that, I don't know, the Ravens thing is tough. I don't know where you want to start, but the Ravens statistically, analytically, were the best team in the league, and yet when I watch them, I'm like, they're not the best team in the league. DK, how do, do you agree with Craig when he says, the best two teams made it, that's good, I guess. <laughs> I think in terms of like entertainment value and novelty. This is kind of disappointing because it is a rematch of the same two teams that made it a couple of years ago. Um, and the lions are a fun story. And so I probably would have preferred that the lions hadn't completely botched the second half. Like one of the all time botched jobs, botched uh, it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's still going to be a very good, like Craig said, it's going to be a very good matchup. Like this matchup on paper is very fun and very exciting. And Mahomes continues to be inevitable in the 49ers. Like I said, buzzsaw team so it's gonna be an awesome super bowl i just think ideally it would have been not two teams that have been there a couple years ago so we have two weeks to talk about this game so let's talk about the games that happened today so full disclosure i am at i'm in baltimore i'm literally in a Ra- the raven stadium uh i'm staring at the field uh, it's it's <laughs> 10 30 well kind of because it's 10 30 night i covered it for the ringer but john harbaugh took like 25 minutes to come out i barely watched the Lions Niners <laughs> game. Like I barely watched it. And then Craig, you were on a plane for the Chiefs Ravens game and barely watched it, but then you saw all of Lions 49ers. So we can kind of ham and egg this whole thing here. I watched them both for the record. <laughs> yeah, DK watched them both. I'm on I'm on the rewatchables tour. So I'm in Chicago right now. So I, my flight did not feature uh couldn't stream on the on the flight. I could only watch movies and TV, so I couldn't watch the game. But I watched the, the Niners game. 
So TK, you've watched both, so you're in charge. Uh, first yeah. of all, what happened in the Niners Lions game? Well, literally, what did I miss? <laughs> what? what? Okay, so tale of two halves. Like this is the greatest tale of two halves I've ever seen. Literally, the first half was dominated by the Lions. Um, the the whole thing, the whole time, I was just thinking of that Mike Tyson quote: "Like everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face." Like the Lions just punched the 49ers in the face in the first half, they were dominating the line scrimmage. They were doing a bunch of six offensive linemen, just like smash mouth, run the football. Uh, They were creating explosive plays. They were absolutely deadly on third down. Like they, they converted, I don't know, like five or six third downs in the first half, like really tough third downs. Um, Everything was just going their way. I even kind of thought this in during the first half, I was like, Oh, this like almost is going too well. Makes me a little bit nervous for what's going to happen in the second half that felt like, and then it turned out to be a premonition because they completely collapsed in the second half. They looked like the Niners, the Lions. Like they they, they were running the ball at will. It was like wide open guys over the middle of the field. They were hitting Laporta. They were hitting St. Brown and and Gibbs and Montgomery just truly couldn't be stopped. The Lions were averaging like what felt like eight yards a carry. It was like that Devon Achan game, that one game. uh, And that was just like the Lions running game. It was incredible. And then, a couple of things go the wrong way. And it was really, it's funny. This was the worst game all time for the momentum is it doesn't exist. People, this, <laughs> this was the definition of a momentum switch. This game. It was like, it was Jameer Gibbs fumbles. It's like, uh Oh, Josh Reynolds drops a critical fourth down pass. The next possession, Josh Reynolds drops another critical third that causes them to punt. And then everybody, and then the sphincter scale was, was off the charts. Started panicking. Yeah. Yes. Um, so they were so sorry to if you missed parts of the game, it was 21 to no, sorry, it's 24 to seven at half. So, like, everything was going great. And, like Craig said, the Lions basically had there was like a five or six play sequence throughout the third quarter where everything turned for the Lions. There, uh, Craig, you didn't even mention it, but there was um, a play where the Lions should have had a pick. It bounced off of Kendall Wilder's head. Yeah, and, yeah. And Brandon Ayuk caught it. Like that should have been a turnover. That I saw. I saw that was insane. Yeah. And it was a fifty. It was like a fifty-one yard gain. It, they scored a touchdown like two plays later. That was like one of the biggest swings in the game because that should have been a turnover. Like he probably should have caught that. Um, and so, like if you really look at it, like Craig said, a dropped fourth down attempt where they should have converted that fourth down. Uh, a drop pick, like I said, that turned into a huge game for Ayuk. Gibbs fumbled, dropped by Reynolds again. That, that killed a drive for the Lions. Also, by the way, they failed to down a punt at the one-yard line because some dumb guy just stepped in the end zone. It was potentially the best punt I've ever seen. Yeah, it bounced on like the one-yard line, went straight up like 20 feet, and then freaking special teams <laughs> guy just ran into the end zone with it. So like, oh they, to me, if it, truly the Lions did everything they could do to absolutely blow this game. It was like a series of, of event. Like it was cascading terribleness for the lions throughout that. And then of course the 49ers are good enough to take advantage of that. I'm just looking at the, like the, the play by play, the drive. And it's like they're up 24, seven halftime and the Niners get a field goal. 24, 10 lions go turnover on downs. Niners go touchdown. Lions fumble on the first play of the next drive. Niners go touchdown. Lions punt Niners field goal up three. Now lions go Oh, this is the other. All right, wait. So many things. But for, I have to start with the. I, I started watching toward the end of the game, and I come in, and I know that it's all been insane with like the momentum, and then the Lions are losing. How are they losing? The one thing where I I, I I was finally locked in was the Lions finally getting down. They're down ten points. There's like under two minutes left. It's not ideal, but it's it's not crazy, right? They can still win the game. Third down, 
Yes, the Lions this, run is, the this ball. is the big issue. Yes. The Lions run the ball on third down and then take a timeout, which I thought was actually probably one of the single worst clock management things I've ever seen in a playoff game of any kind. I don't want I, regular season. A ton of things have happened, but it was like to me, like a misunderstanding of the clock, right? Because I understand the Lions want a touchdown there. I get being aggressive. I get going on fourth down. I, I get that argument. But running on third instead of fourth, like you can't, there were 56 seconds left. They couldn't get the ball back, even if they scored because they didn't have the timeout. Like the three timeouts were essential to the entire idea of scoring twice. (laughs) You have to stop them. I, I could not believe a team can get all the way to the doorstep of the Super Bowl and be like, well, we need the ball twice. So we're going to use a timeout to think about fourth down. It was insane. It's what you always say, Hyph. It's, it's uh, kids who play Madden would not do that. Kids no, who play Madden, that- no. Hey, you need three timeouts to get the ball back. It, it, it takes three timeouts to get the other team to punt and not waste any time. They just, they literally ran the ball, knelt it with one second left, game over. Look, I, Campbell made some other questionable calls that I actually think are completely defensible because it's who they've been all year. They passed up a 40-something yard field goal to go for it. They didn't get it. People were mad about that, but that is who Dan Campbell has been the entire season. That's why people love Dan Campbell. It's how they got the, here. The, correct. It is the third and goal running the ball, followed by the timeout. Indefensible. Terrible. Terrible. I, I just, it's just like you can't, like if they had, I, I just, I, I, you know, you can't get the ball back. The other one, the other question I have for you guys. So Brock Purdy, what's up with that guy? Is he good or like what? I, I just saw a bunch of weird plays he did and he looked, it, you could have said yakety sacks to all these Brock Purdy plays, but he kept completing the passes. Yeah, I, I want to know why, why can no one catch his interceptions? He tries to throw them and Do no one catches his these. edge. So he, Purdy had 267 <laughs> like a yards. A touchdown and a pick, <laughs> and then what? Yeah, do you think? Do you think that's his? You know, like he's we say that these passes. I don't get it. In the draft, quarterbacks are supposed to throw like you know a, a catchable ball. Do you think that Brock Purdy throws like particularly uncatchable interceptions? Yes, the most power? incredible receiver core. That's why they can catch his passes. Um, but yeah, I mean, he tried to throw. I think there was at least two, maybe three instances in this game where the Lions should have had picks and just couldn't catch the goddamn ball. The Brandon Ayuk thing was like something that happens in Madden and you're kind of like turning your friend. You're like, yeah, come yeah. on. That's, we, it looked like a glitch. Play, right? It looked like yeah. a glitch. It like stuck, it like bounced off his face and right into That could have right been a PI though. Because they threw a flag and then pulled it back. And I think if Ayuk didn't catch it, they would have called a PI. Oh, I, I'm rewatching it right now. I will admit he kind of just yanks his arm. Having said that, I wait, so this ball went, oh my God, the ball went off guy's face. It wasn't even his helmet. It went off his freaking face. Right after oh face my God. Mask. That's... Um, Purdy was perfect in the second half. I mean, he he was Mahomesian in the way he was scrambling. He's pretty shifty. I mean, like, he's quicker than he gets credit for. He was like really 51. really elusive. Yeah. It was like a Rorschach test because when Mahomes or Lamar and like kind of got like a guy went too high on him and they kind of just bent and spun out of it. I was like, wow, what incredible athletes! Like the Gordon Ramsay, like, oh dear, oh dear, gorgeous. And then Brock Purdy does the same thing with the Lions, and I'm like, you donkey! <laughs> You're like, yeah, it was all right, I guess. Yeah, uh, just got lucky. Don't get wrapped Purdy up. Was, he was perfect in the second half, pretty much. His first half was really rough. The whole team looked tense. Goff was playing really well. Goff had a fine game. I don't think Goff had a bad game by any. He, he had a lot a lot of lines drop passes. He had a couple throws that were behind guys, but in general, I thought Goff played perfectly fine. This yeah, game is not yeah. on him. I agree with that. I think he was giving his guys chances to make plays, and they just couldn't do it. They could not make a play. It was like truly the someone make a play challenge for the Lions in the second half. Like, they just needed one guy 
to make one play and the bleeding would have stopped. But it, it kept just being like, again, a cascading series of terrible events. Um, and obviously you can't do that against a really good team, a better team probably, obviously. And so, um, yeah, just super disappointing. I mean, I, I would just be absolutely beside myself. I feel f- terrible for Lions fans right now. I, 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 the way I learned about the Lions comeback was I, I learned about the Lions getting the lead. Like, I'm, you know, I just like come back up from the locker room with the Ravens and I'm like seeing that the score, I'm like, what? And they just show a picture of like, or not pictures, the, the, uh, the game, but it was uh, uh, a, what, what word am I like? A camera shot of Kyle Shanahan. And in that moment, I realized Kyle Shanahan is kind of like, you know, the Tommy Shelby and Peaky Blinders. Maybe that's Shelby. You know, in Peaky Blinders, the whole premise, if you haven't seen it, is basically all these guys come back from World War One, and as Dick would say, incre- become incredible gang, like a whole innovation in gang leaders. Like they're just because the idea is they all basically died in World War One. Like in their heads, they all thought they were going to die. And they're like, oh, this is extra time. This is gravy. Like I realized that Kyle Shanahan, I'm pretty sure, is like living his life now. Like, yeah, whatever. I'm basically already dead. Like he literally said last week, we, like we have a thousand scars. And I'm like, this is just another one. Like this guy, this is the only way Kyle Shannon can feel alive. Yeah, but wouldn't that, that to me, me like suggest that he, sh- he would call plays like Dan Campbell, who's a fucking maniac. Oh, Kyle yeah. Shanahan is so, so conservative still. It, it's like he, he, he claims that and then, you know, push comes to shove and then he tenses up. So he's actually just still afraid to die. <laughs> yeah, how dare he? let be. go. It's too much to live for. Uh, what did you guys think of the fourth quarter? Fourth down stuff. Like, what? Let's dig into that real quick. For the Lions, I, I, again, I didn't totally see the game, but I can't emphasize enough. The Lions literally made the championship game by being absurdly aggressive on fourth down, number one. And also, Dan Campbell's son like does analytics, which no one talks about. I think it's totally fine, man. They passed up a 45 yarder. They were up 14 and they went for it. It, they, it probably would have put the game away. He's been doing this all year. Like, I don't know. We, we've been praising him for this this entire season. It's why everybody loves him. It's why the team got behind him. It's why the media loves him. He, he doesn't care. He takes risks. He trusts his team. He, he calls plays based on vibes and analytics. And it's like, so it doesn't work one time. And now we're all upset. This is the reason why they're here. Um, I completely agree. The, so the... I agree with you generally. I think, um, I think for both of them, I saw people doing like the analytics, like bots on, on Twitter, you know, that kind of like tell you whether it's like a recommended go or, or punt or whatever. And they were like pretty even, it was like a soft go in both situations. So it's Have like we verified an- those algorithms. Like who's making that? I don't know. Like what, what guys in a basement just putting that together? You know? <laughs> um, but I think my point him? is Craig, my point is, my point is, in both situations, I think it was a judgment call situation. It wasn't like obvious they should go for it or obvious they shouldn't, if, if you know what I'm saying. So like in both situations, they, they erred on aggressiveness, who dares wins, all that stuff. Like, we're going to go for but this. But again, if he got it, the media narrative would be like, Dan Campbell, you know, goes with his gut, like knows when to go against the analytics, like... And, and and he doesn't get it. Now we're going to turn on him. I don't. The think first time in the first play, he dropped. What are we talking like, about? Was was it, what are we talking about? Is it fourth and one? What are we What are we discussing here? It was fourth and five. I think. Oh, fourth and two. San Francisco twenty-eight is the seven-minute oh, mark. Oh, fourth in the third and two. Quarter. Sorry. Fourth and then and the other one. Was that was the one that Reynolds dropped. Fourth and three dropped. from the thirty-yard line. So that one I had. I, I, that one I was like a little less. I, I do I can, like I can understand a lot of people are going to say they should have just tried to kick the field goal there. Trust your kicker to make sure, a forty-eight yarder. In retrospect, yarder. it looks like um, the right idea. I felt like in that moment they needed to stop the bleeding. Like I think after the fact, and in, in, in retrospect, you could look back and say, "Look, we were just trying to be aggressive. We were trying to like." They were you know, at fourteen on that one, weren't they? No, the, the one second one. Up. I'm talking about the second one. They were down three. They were down three, oh, and they could have tied. They could have tied the game in the fourth quarter. 
yeah, and they look, went for it. Know. In that situation, of course, everything is uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. But like, I I felt in that moment that they needed to stop the bleeding because, like we had talked about, the the momentum was very firmly in San Francisco's hands. It was like completely San Francisco. Like Detroit was essentially like panicking. It felt like, and in that in that particular situation, I'm like probably just kick that field goal. But you know, he doesn't really trust his kicker. I don't think from that range. And so again, it's I thought it's like a, it's pretty close in both situations. Like it's a judgment call. Go for it. I just felt like in that second one, they had no, the vibes were not good for them. So they should probably just have taken the points. The last thing I'll say on the fourth down thing is it's funny. We can talk about Chiefs Ravens here. And something that will be completely forgotten about Chiefs Ravens uh, is, and it's not the main thing, but since we're talking about fourth down to the lines. So that we completely forgotten is that the game began with like absurd fourth down decisions. For, like, like the Chiefs had a pretty like chutzpah fourth down decision on the first drive of the game. The Chiefs did a fourth and two at the 41-yard line. The like Picture this, the Baltimore 41-yard line. So the Chiefs are 41 yards from the end zone. The next play, or the next drive, the Ravens go for fourth and one at their own 34-yard line. So 34 yards from their own, the first drive of the game, the Ravens, if they had not gotten it, would have given the Chiefs the ball 30 yards from the end zone. And the Ravens got the first down, scored their only touchdown of the game. No one will ever talk about that again. <laughs> it literally would have been 17 to three if they hadn't done that. Uh, but they got it. So everyone will forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it's it results. Crazy. It's results based business. Um, also, just decisions made in the first quarter usually are just judged, you know, less than decisions. I know, made but it was the, the Ravens first drive. Like the kick, the kickoff was a touchback. They got the ball at the 25 yard line. That from that spot, they did the fourth and one. It was the first drive. It's that's like wild. that's actually like the first they didn't get the first first down of the game. They're like, fuck a three and out. We're doing fourth and one. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like you never see that ever. You don't even bat it. You don't see that anyway. So okay, Hyvitz, having been there, was the discourse, what was the chatter like amongst the Baltimore fans? Was it like Lamar let us down? He's not the guy, or was it Todd Munkin? is a clown for running the ball three times in the second or for uh, yeah, running the ball three times in the second half against a, a vulnerable chiefs rush defense. Well, there's kind of like how you justify things to yourselves. And then there's what happened. I, I think it's easy. To, I, I think the like the tough reality is it, I think this, the, so again, the chiefs beat the Ravens 17 to 10 and it's kind of wild because the chiefs, the Ravens held Patrick Mahomes to 17 points and they lost, which is kind of like inexcusable. I mean, if you look at the Chiefs' numbers, the Chiefs' offensive numbers are very bad. Like, not good. <laughs> they punted five straight times in the second half. Craig, right. I'm going to come back around to your question. But I, there were Mike Lombardi, DK, DK and I first started doing this fantasy show. We, we used to do a show with Mike Lombardi. And Mike Lombardi had this rule that I think is a very good shorthand, is that there are kind of three, there's not really four quarters or two halves. It's really three parts of a game. The first 20 minutes is kind of like the feeling out, okay, what's your plan? What's your plan? Like the first two rounds of a boxing match. Then the middle third of the game is kind of like really important, uh, but it's kind of the adjustments. The final third is like the finish. This game, if DK, if the Niners-Lions was the tail of two halves, this was the most, there were three different games in this game I've ever seen. The first 20 minutes of Chiefs-Ravens was fucking epic. It was- Haymakers. Yeah. It was literally, this is everything we ever could have wanted from Mahomes and Lamar. It was, again, both teams going for the fourth down. An iconic, the Lamar Jackson, like, spun, spin out of his sack, Whirly Dervish to Zay Flowers, and then Mahomes had to spin out of his sack into, like, the Kelsey leaping catch. Like, it was literally epic. It was 14-7. Mm -hmm. to seven. Then, 
Nothing happened. There were like six more points in the rest of the game. Like, and then nothing not, happened for the rest of the game. Nothing happened. Yeah. The, the, middle, the middle 20 was defense. The defense was good. Kyle Hamilton, I think, had one of the best games I've seen from a, a safety in like 10 years. Like probably yeah, he was Thomas all over the place. for Seattle. Uh, the defense was good. But to your question, Craig, the final third of the game, what's weird is the Ravens offense kind of dominated but they just fucked up each drive. Mm -hmm. Like what's weird is the Ravens were like moving the ball effortlessly. If Zay Flowers gets six inches further, then like, you know, it would have been like a game. It's a game. They would have had the whole fourth quarter to just get three points. The Chiefs could not move. The Chiefs did not move the ball. The first two, they went, Chiefs went touchdown, touchdown. Andy Reid scripted plays, right? The scripted plays scored. Once Andy Reid ran out of plays that they had nothing. The Chiefs went three and out punt, they got the field goal, which 30, like half the drive was personal fouls from the Ravens, 30 yards of fouls, three and out punt, eight plays that went 20 yards, punt, three and out punt, one first down and punt, three and out punt. The, the Chiefs won the game that way. Well, they basically, they, they, I, four, they scripted 14 points and they just held on for dear life. I was going to say, though, like this game is such a classic old school dad. Dads are going to love this game. Cliche alert. It was truly like take care of the football and play disciplined, and you win the game. They were the pay- yes, it was a Patriots esque win. Yeah, like okay, here. So here's some of the numbers: the Ravens three turnovers, Chiefs none. That alone is like probably enough to just like that's who won the game. Two of those se- turnovers were in the end zone. Right, right, exactly. Um, and then penalties: Ravens eight penalties. You mentioned the Chiefs field goal after the first initial flurry was like basically because they raked. Uh, Patrick Mahomes in the face. I think that was the play. Um, and then that they was got, like a WWE clothesline to Mahomes in the face. Yeah. He got smashed. And so he the went Raven down like a sack of potatoes. Mahomes on that. It hit. looked bad. Yeah. Um, so the Ravens had eight penalties in the game. Chiefs only three penalties, zero turnovers, and three penalties. That's how they won the game. Like obviously Mahomes was really, really, really good to start the game. He started out ten out of ten um, passing, and Kelsey had two touch or he had Kelsey had like 96 yards and a touchdown in the first half. Like Kelsey was immaculate in the first half. That was like incredible to see. This is the Chiefs are in their bag. But like Heifetz said, after that, the game just ground to a stop. It was just defense, defense, defense. The Ra- um, yeah, there's good defense and bad. Like the Ravens, Mike McDonald, who might be the head coach of your Seahawks soon, DK. Yeah, the we'll Raven, the re- defensive coordinator for the Ravens, Mike McDonald. They What they started doing was they figured out how they wanted to play in the run game. And they started, because remember Hot dogs, buns. I talked about how they said, like, they were always like, oh, they're going to make it. Why don't you run through that one more yeah, time? Yeah, let's do it again. Let's do it for one more time. <laughs> what I was trying to say, much simpler. I would like to say, first of all, before you before you say this, Hyphus explained the, the hot dogs and buns thing before the show to me, and it made sense. For some something just didn't go right. It the brats went, thing really threw me <laughs> off. He prepped I, you I just, on that? I, I, I wasn't prepped on that. Yeah. No, that was the idea. The first time he want... told it to me, I was like, yeah, this is funny. I get this. Anyway, this makes sense. And then it the just idea, went haywire. What I was trying to say was that the same way it's like, you know, they eight hot dogs are sold, or sorry, 10 hot dogs are sold in package, but like eight buns. So you have to buy more buns. And you're like, damn, I'm stuck with all these buns now. And you're like, dude, they do that on purpose. It's like they're trying to, it's like the Ravens will put six line, guys in line of scrimmage and the Chiefs are like, oh no, we don't have enough linemen. And then they stay and then they're like, ha ha, gotcha. Now you have too many people and the math doesn't add up. I'm like, do it on purpose. <laughs> he anyway, really, he did it again, guys. They, he did it again. Whatever. That one they, was a lot better, though. You did that. Like, see, that's what he said to me the first time. I'm like, yeah, that made sense. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> anyway, but the point is, the, what the Ravens did really well was it's it's funny when you say it out loud how simple it is. You're like, why doesn't everyone do this? They just kind of like sent all their rushers from the left side so that Mahomes ha- or, or sorry from the all right 
the defense is the same left right as the offense. It's different. So the stage if right. Pat, if yes, if you're Patrick Mahomes, all the rushers came from your right side, so you had to run left. So that what they wanted was they wanted Mahomes scrambling left, so that if he's going to throw, you better be throwing cross like away from your body, middle of the field, like risk a turnover, knowing Mahomes doesn't want to risk a turnover. And so they didn't want him to like, they wanted him to have to pick between scrambling or throwing. They didn't want him to be able to do both in a given play. And so they, it's kind of really, once you do that, he can't really just connect to Kelsey, right? If he's running left, Kelsey's over there in the middle. All right, well, I don't trust any of these other guys. So that's why the Chiefs couldn't score. But the, the Ravens, you know, if Zay Flowers scores, it's a game. But the flip side is, Lamar kind of played worse than it seems like he had Lamar. Do you remember like a thing that lost to history is the um, Nick Bolton who would have picked off Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl. Nick Bolton dropped a pass through his hands that should have been a pick six. You know, Lamar had a lot of plays that should have been picks or sacks. And so it's weird because he played really well. But also this game easily could have been 31 to three. Yeah, I I don't know how to feel about like you said, he played really well because I my initial impression is not really. But at the same time, yeah, Zay Flowers should have scored. Should have, he, Zay Flowers should have scored that touchdown. That would have been a very, it would have changed the narrative dramatically, probably. Um, and I don't know. Yeah. Like, but like my initial impression, impression after watching the game was like, okay, the people, the, the haters are going to have a field day with this. The, the text Lamar I haters. was getting from 30,000 feet was <laughs> yeah. basically Lamar is missing a lot of throws. He's scrambling. He's keeping plays alive. Like when, when he kind of gets out of structure, he's like saving things. But what, but today in the pocket, he's been rough. I think that maybe the simplest way to say it is that the beginning of the game was so sexy because there were some really cool plays. The cool plays were not big plays. Like the Mahomes epic throw to Kelsey, which I do think was epic. It was like third and two or like third and five. Like it went like seven yards. Lamar's, the craziest play of the game was Lamar threw this pass that got batted up in the air and literally like a pop fly. Lamar Jackson ran and fielded it like a center fielder. (laughs) On a run. On the run. He outran all all the Chiefs linemen running for it. He outran them. Literally, it looked like an infield fly. The center field just barrels in, catches it, runs in stride. Kevin Clark made the joke that it's like Giselle was like, oh, you can catch your husband can throw and catch it. Yeah. But that was like 13 yards. Like there weren't like big plays until it was kind of out of hand. But the flip side was, I'm looking through the box score because I'm wondering what Craig's thinking as he's looking at this. And I'm like, it is wild that Lamar had eight carries and then no one else on the Ravens had more than three carries in the game. That is kind of insane. Um, but the, I don't think the only wide receiver on Baltimore that had a catch was Zay Flowers until Rashad Bateman got a catch the last play of the third quarter. That's kind of stunning. Because they didn't run the ball either. So they were just doing swing passes to Justice Hill. So so where are we at now with Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson is going to have two MVPs and two playoff wins. I, I think that... So I'm here with Stephen Ruiz. Stephen uh, was also at this game with me. Stephen made the point that this was basically the Ravens' first big game. Like the... I, I know that they've had expectations that came in. The Titans throttled them. They were the one seed. But realistically, like, after the game... uh. So Lamar, if you guys don't know, so when you go to a locker room, the all, everyone's at their locker, and when the game is a loss like this, it's like very sullen. It's very just depressing. Honestly, like there was a storm cloud. It kind of felt like there was a storm in the locker room. Like it, people were crying. It was really sad. So when a quarterback does a press conference, they don't. No one can talk to the quarterback again. Like Lamar Jackson does his press conference, no one can then go up to Lamar. Like they will herd you away from Lamar. I've never seen something like this, but so there's like, what, 53 guys on the team. 
an hour late, 50 people had left. It was Odell Beckham doing a, a media conference, like 35 reporters. Everyone left. There were only other two other players left in the thing. It was Lamar Jackson and Patrick Queen. Coming back around to what you said, Craig, I cannot tell you how angry Lamar Jackson was. Like, he was so upset. Like, you know when you're kind of talking about stuff that you shouldn't be talking about in the room of people you're in, but you're doing it anyway? Like, he was just, like, gesticulating. Like, you know, like, I don't know a word for this, like a whisper yell. Like, he was just, like, he was so mad. And all I could think is, like, the in- everyone else was, like, dead inside. Everyone else was crushed, could not speak words. And to my point, Craig, it's like, I felt like in that moment, either Lamar, like, keeps the anger in him to, like, keep everyone together, like, into the next season and, like, keeps that rage because he was so, like, an hour after the game or the Ravens will be destroyed because he was so burned up. I mean, so, like, obviously, we should talk about his really terrible pass into triple coverage that essentially ended the game, right? Like, he threw, he, he went to, he tried to hit Isaiah Likely in the end zone. And three guys converged on the pass. And one, you know, he's picked off. There was an argument that likely was, uh, there was a pass interference on likely that probably should have been called. But like the decision to make that throw is still pretty bad. What do you, what do you, what was your thoughts on that play? I thought the PI, there was no argument to me. It, I think that the, the tr- I actually think the decision wasn't as bad as it looked. He actually just underthrew the ball and it was late. That made everyone caught up to Isaiah likely. Like that's the problem. But that's a bad decision, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think that <laughs> if you're I mean, late, either way, is it a bad decision or is it just a bad, good decision and a bad I, throw? No, I, I don't think, know what's worse. I think it's the kind of thing that actually like CJ Stroud weirdly did really well down the run, which was if he's going to throw the ball, I think it's fine. It just needs to be toward the back of the end zone where it's Isaiah likely will catch it or it's very out of bounds. Yeah. Yeah. Like CJ Stroud had a couple throws where like it was kind of risky, but it was either going to bounce to the receiver or be a catch. And he had a couple touchdowns that way. I think the problem was it was like 10 yards short of where it needed to be. Isaiah likely had to stop and wait, and he should have had to keep running. And having said that, like, that's why I think all like the referee stuff, like how much did, you know, Bill talk about Bill and Sal talked about like, oh, Taylor Swift, the NFL wants Taylor Swift and the Chiefs. And I know Warren Sharp had talked about, oh, the referee is signed to this game whose voice we'll have to get to. But the referee signed this <laughs> His game. His voice kept cracking. Yeah. Yeah. The referee signed this game. Oh, was I like, did oh, hear like, that. Yeah. I don't. I think that when you fumble through the end zone and then also throw that ball into triple coverage, I, I kind of can't handle Ra- Ravens fans. I don't think can talk about the refs. It's like I know you you committed more flags and you committed more turnovers, and the flags were legit. Can you imagine being that ref though? I imagine that's your nightmare. Like speaking, I'm speaking to America, and your your <laughs> nightmare is like <laughs> your voice cracks like over I'm and over. To America. And it happened several times. <laughs> yeah. He clearly had lost his voice, right? And was fighting through it. Yeah. Like literally just, that has to be like Sean Hockley's worst nightmare. I know that he was the ref tonight, but it's like, you just like, you have to keep calling the flags and you have no voice. And your voice cracks are getting worse and worse. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 
2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. So do you guys think, based on the games today, the two correct teams are in the Super Bowl? Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl feels like the most correct thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I agree. I think so. Yes. So Mahomes is, this is Mahomes' sixth season in the NFL, and four of them he's made the Super Bowl, and the other two he lost in the championship game? In four overtime. And, four, yeah. Both in, the, in overtime. Four, to Tom Brady. <laughs> Dude, wor- Mahomes' worst loss in the playoffs is AFC championship game to Joe Burrow. That's his huge failure. He's, he's already like the second best quarterback of all time. I think that's correct. Like, there's Brady is like in his own stratosphere, and then Mahomes is next. Can I go further? It's not even that Mahomes is probably second. It's I don't even know how much longer you can argue Mahomes is lower than third. I don't think there's an argument Mahomes is lower than third because it's like talent. He's up there. Would Stats, you put second? He's done like crazy things. Peyton or who? If you put Brady first and Joe Montana second, Montana, yeah. Which I wouldn't argue with, like you know, my dad's friend or my friend's dad, right? <laughs> right. But I'm like, I, I don't. You can't argue like John Elway. Who are you gonna put him third? John Elway didn't make his win his Super Bowl till he's 35. Like you know what I mean? Like the, all these other guys, Mahomes. If Mahomes wins the Super Bowl, he'll have more. The only people with more playoff wins than him will be Brady and Montana, and he's 28 years old. He'll have three Super Bowl wins by the time he's 28. Four out of six seasons, he's been in the Super Bowl. Like, think about how hard Four it is to make five. the Super Bowl. Right. Four of the last five. The, no, he literally is like the he's Joe. I think he's Joe Montana mixed with Brett Favre. I think I, I don't. There's so many weird ways you could look at it. Like, I think he has the Joe Montana, like. Just that that's the winner guy. Like that's the guy who wins. That then Brady kind of ate. But early in Brady's career, Joe Montana was this like unimpeachable thing. I also think I also think what this what this season has taught me about Mahomes and the Mahomes era is that so they they lost Tyree Kill and now the following two seasons they have made the Super Bowl. Perhaps they will win both after losing Tyree Kill. And after, you know, a weird season from Kelsey where he was kind of banged up, maybe on the decline a little bit, and the receivers are as bad as they've ever been. I, it feels like we actually went from the Brady era and it was a true 10, 15 year dynasty, 20 year dynasty. And we have now just moved right into another one. Like I'm at the point now where it's like, I don't, it doesn't matter who's on the team. It doesn't, if it's Dion branch and Joey Galloway, like I, it doesn't matter who's on Mahomes' team. Like they, they are going to be in the mix every year until Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes part ways. I totally agree because I, it's funny. It's the Brady thing ended. We're like, well, we'll never see that again. And meanwhile, I'm like, oh, well, Shit. Well, it's literally <laughs> happening and on Whoops. a better, on a, like a faster pace. <laughs> right. It's like accelerated. Uh, yeah, it's, it's insane. It's weird. A week ago, we were talking about Josh Allen and versus Mahomes as the new Manning Brady. I said that. I was fucking wrong. Mahomes is both. Mahomes, like if like the Brady Manning argument was like, well, there's regular season wins and stats and, and awards, or do you want like Super Bowl wins? And Mahomes just straight up is both. He has all the Super Bowl appearances of Brady in his 20s and like the MVPs and stats and 5,000 yard season, 50 touchdowns of Manning. He's literally both guys. Uh, but like without, there was also a question of credit, right? Like, well, Manning's responsible for cold success. Brady supported the cock. Mahomes is absolutely the reason this team is succeeding. And there, it's, I know this is I, like a team that we talked about as. Like every week you watch them, like this team's not very good. Like the, this Chiefs team are not very good. They're in the fucking Super Bowl again. I cannot, I cannot stress 
how difficult it is to make the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, there's a lot of extremely smart, very talented, like hardworking people in the NFL. The league pushes you to eight and eight. Well, it used to. Now it's eight and seven or nine and seven or nine and eight. Yeah, it whatever. doesn't have the same math, rank to it. Math, eight, whatever. nine yeah. or nine and eight. Yeah. Yeah. It it's like they the pushes you to 500 ish. And because there's, there's the, the way that the draft works, the way that your schedule works, it, the way that, um, you know, everything, free agency, the waiver wire, everything works to like create parity. It makes it easier for the bad teams and harder for the good teams. And Despite all that, despite how good everyone else is in the AFC, like we talked all summer about how the AFC has like all these fucking good quarterbacks and this terrible Chiefs team, obviously I'm exaggerating, but like this bad Chiefs team is in the Super Bowl again. Like, I don't think we can comprehend how good Mahomes is. We just, we are simply incapable of comprehending it. Same with Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, 11 catches, 116 yards and a touchdown, passes Jerry Rice for most playoff catches. (laughs) It's wild. And... Additionally, after all this, after all this praise to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, they are once again, for three, for the third straight game, underdogs heading into the next game. The, <laughs> the, Niners, opened as, the Niners opened as two-point favorites. It's now dropped to one and a half. Um, fascinating. A fascinating line choice by Vegas for, for Niners who have beaten a Packers team barely and a Lions team barely. Two teams with like the bottom five secondaries in the league. Meanwhile, the Chiefs beat the Dolphins in the freezing cold. They beat the Bills in Buffalo and then they just beat the Ravens in Baltimore and they're dogs. I can't tell you how, how much money I'm going to put on the Chiefs. It's, so, it's funny too because it's literally the same conversation as last time when the Chiefs Niners played was the, the Niners are a better team, but you, that Mahomes is a better quarterback. And now it's like much more extreme in that if you just take the take Brock Purdy out, take Mahomes out. Where is the Niners 49ers roster from the second through 53rd player? Like their top, the, the next 52 players are like what? Literally the best team in the league. Where are the Chiefs? Are they in the top 20? Well, they have a really good defense. I think they're probably middle of the pack. Maybe. All right. Well, are they, yeah. Are they top like 15? 20 is probably right. They have no, they have like no good receivers. This was the other thing I wanted to bring up to you guys is like the fact that MVS is like the playoff hero on this team is so hilarious to me because truly like there was like an inside joke between the three of us. Like MVS is only good for like dropping the passes in the biggest moments. You know what I mean? Like, and he has caught like three absolutely massive catches in the playoffs to like propel them back to the Super Bowl. The fourth quarter was literally. MVS versus Nelson Aguilar, literally the, the guys known for dropping things in the 21st century. I, you know, I would also say you're right. The, the roster while good is not great. I think Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator for the chiefs might be the best coordinator heading into the super bowl for what they've done is particularly in the playoffs with how good the chiefs defense has been. You know, the second half chiefs defense is, is basically like the best defense we've seen all year. If you take the six quarters of the second halves in the playoffs, so against Miami, Buffalo, and Baltimore, there's been six quarters in the second half. The, the Chiefs' defense has let up 10 points in those six quarters to all Jesus. those teams. Spagnuolo is incredible. Again, he was the Giants' defense coordinator when the Giants beat the Patriots, the freaking undefeated Patriots. He's, I mean, what Spagnuolo might now have four. If they win, they'll have four Super Bowl titles as a coordinator. And he was a terrible head coach, but like that was 15 years ago. It's like Raheem Morris was a terrible head coach. That was 15 years ago. Uh, the... One funny thing, Nate Tice, our buddy who had, um, he was on the show a couple months ago, 
Nate Tice had this incredible stat about how part of the reason the Chiefs defense gets better is because Chris Jones, who's their best defensive player, <laughs> yeah. like doesn't you remember <laughs> doesn't he had a try. contract standoff. He doesn't try until the fourth quarter. <laughs> like he had this contract standoff, and it's a mix of playing himself into shake into shape and also getting a lot of sack incentives. So Chris Jones just like doesn't play the run at all. He is <laughs> And it's like a, it's like a boxer who dances quarter. around the ring for like the first like whatever seven rounds and then tie. I was told to KO him in the ninth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. but you'd like start you just toy with your food or whatever. It's like a cat. Um, yeah, that, you that's lower a great... expectations. That's what he does. He just lowers expectations for three quarters and then exceeds them in the fourth. But to your point, it's weird because the, the the Ravens defense I still think is the best defense of the league. Again, like Andy Reid scripted two drives and they did nothing afterward. The Chiefs defense and Spagnuolo know exactly what they are, which is, and they've been better this year, but they also had the youngest defense of the league this year. Like, I, I was in the Chiefs locker room last year at the Super Bowl, and I, it, an unnamed Chiefs defender turned to another unnamed Chiefs defender and said, basically, I'm paraphrasing, I cannot believe we just won the Super Bowl. We didn't even know what the defense was till like November. Can you imagine how good we'll be when we actually know the plays next year? And then they were really good. But they also just kind of know that Mahomes gets them a lead and they kind of just like can play right into their hand. That's, I think, the criticism with the Ravens not running the ball is that the Bills kind of ran the ball down the Chiefs' throat. And that's kind of been the weakness of this team for like five years. And yet, I don't know what spec, I don't know what spell he casts upon the other offensive coordinator, but they don't seem to want to run the ball against them for whatever reason. You know what else is funny about this, about the Chiefs and like their coordinators, their play callers and whatever is I feel like all of the cool, sexy offensive and defensive coordinators are all like really young. And yet, I still think of the Chiefs as a young, sexy team. They, 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 they're they doing new things. They're progressive. Spagnuolo's 64. Andy Reid's early 60s. Like, these are two old dogs out there fighting with all these young guys, with the with the Mike McDaniels and the Kyle Shanahan's. Uh, it's just kind of cool to see, like, these two young guys, um, I don't know, like, keeping up with with the young the young kids out there. That's been Reid's thing. I don't, I don't know enough about Spagnuolo to, like, comment on that. Like, But, like, Reid has been, you know, famously, like, he'll go to the college coaches in the off season and like talk about like, it, yeah, I, I think Kevin Clark wrote an article about this a couple of years ago where he'll, he goes in and, you know, he's like, what, what are college teams going to be doing in two or three years? Or what are NFL teams going to be doing in two or three years? And then he like, will study. And like, that was a huge part of why, um, when Mahomes took over as starter, like their offense was so freaking good is like, he, he was doing all this like forward thinking stuff. Like Andy Reed is not an old dog who can't learn new tricks. You know what I mean? Like he is out there, like on the circuit, on the coaching clinic circuit in the off season, like talking to guys, figuring out like what the future is, you know, trying to get an edge there. So that's like, I think a huge part of his, uh, it's like, it's like, it's like, you know, when you're, fr- you ever have like one of your friend's parents are like really tech savvy. You're like, wow. Totally. For you totally. Exact same yeah, thing. Totally. Yeah. It's, that's I Andy swear to God, I, if it's, yeah. He's like, no, yeah, we'll just, we'll just get, we'll just like plug in the Sonos to get that going for surround sound. And you're like, wow. <laughs> Air cool. drop it to me. You're like, you know what that is? <laughs> yeah. That's a, such a good analogy. Um, I saw this tweet from Ollie Connolly, who's really good. Uh, he knows his shit. He, he said, it's unreal. The chiefs have the, the chiefs have the game's best quarterback, tight end, offensive play caller and defensive coordinator. Like think about that as your foundation. Um, I think obviously number one, having the Mahomes read, Kelsey trill like trifecta the triumvirate is like the biggest reason that they've had this long ongoing success like having the number one playmaker the number one quarterback and the number one like play caller together is like enough to get you into the playoffs every year but like adding in the best defensive coordinator in the NFL or one of them certainly you know that's like you can have like badish 
roster and still be so, so good when you have that good of like teachers and um, schemers. And two, uh, two, th- two other things with Spagnolo. The, that was one of the reasons, Craig, I, I picked the uh, Chiefs in the Super Bowl over the Eagles was I, at some point I just kind of realized that the Andy Reid on offense for the Chiefs had been coaching since the Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon had been born. And that vice versa, Steve Spagnuolo had been coaching defense since the Eagles offensive coordinator had been born. And I was like, at some point, like that just has to matter. And again, the game was really close. So, you know, if the Eagles got in the last drive, who knows? But it's just, it is insane to think that the, the, the Chiefs just have 80 years of coordinator history. And they, these other guys have just been an NFL staff combined for like six years. You know, like, the expression, like, this guy has forgotten more about football than I know about yes, football. Yes, like literally that, true. to me, like that is so true. When you talk about guys like Reed or whoever, Belichick, these guys that have been in the league for so long, plus they're like family, like their dads or whoever were in the league. They were all around like football their entire freaking life. Like they've truly forgotten more about football than I will ever know about football. It's, it's. I mean, it, it's like just. Do you think that that really would be the best coach about. in the league if you could just hire everything Bill Belichick's forgotten about football? Hundred <laughs> percent. Like hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> just use AI to just collect all that. Be like, dude, that guy. So it's unstoppable. like the, the cutting room floor. It's like the director's cut <laughs> of coaching. Um, Wait, the other thing. The spe- speaking of Spagnolo though, and the parents. Ironically, Spagnolo in this in, when they won the Super Bowl, I was in the locker room in Spagnolo. You know what, like the, those like elaborate phone cases that kind of fold. It's like your wallet too. He was like holding yeah, yeah. it, and he literally did the progressive commercial, the selfie with the all right three with the defense, like literally like eight defenders, like spags, and he's like, yeah, hey, wait, wait, come here. He gets his phone, and he like unfolds his phone to, and he's like, all right, on wait, his wait, specs. three, two, and they're like, no, it's backward. He's like, all right, hits a three, two, <laughs> smile, and they're like, you know, it literally like every time I see the progressive commercial, I think it's Steve Spagnuolo <laughs> puts on the bifocals. Yeah, that's awesome. You don't have to say anything to LL Cool J. Okay. Is there anything else? I don't know. The, the Ravens locker room being sad is like, it's just, I don't know. We have to talk about yeah, it. tell it's us like, about your experience. Tell us what you saw. Tell us. Uh, Dude, these guys' dreams. The vibes. Were, these guys' dreams are super crushed. Not going to lie. Uh, intensely sad. Vibes are all-time low. Do you think, so this is the other thing that, that comes with the territory of being an all-time good team, but then not quite making it is number one, the vibes are all off the next season. This is what I saw with the Seahawks when they lost that depressing Super Bowl. Um, you know, fingers pointed at each other. Everyone like it, it just completely ruined the chemistry of the team. Like there's a chance this happens with the Ravens. Mike McDonald might get hired away. That could like really change the dynamic, what what they're doing on defense. Like he's obviously a very brilliant schemer. Yeah. The um, coordinator purge. This is another thing that it's like Spagnuolo must be comfortable staying in Kansas city. He's been there for, for five seasons and he's just, he's just not leaving, I guess. It's so. a weird That's, upside of having older guys is that there's an ageism <laughs> that no one wants to pulch. Well, one defensive coordinators don't get poached, but also old defensive coordinators just don't anymore. He's I, like, I like reason. my house in Kansas city. I, I have yeah. my neighborhood's restaurants. I like it here. Well, no, no, I, I don't. He doesn't get interviewed, dude. It's like being president too. It's like you imagine how stressful it is to be the freaking head coach of an NFL team. You get no sleep. He just let up ten points to Lamar Jackson, Tua, and Josh Allen in six quarters, and no, and he's not leaving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a huge advantage for them. Um, they kind of had a similar deal with Eric Bieniemy for a long time too. It's just yeah, kind of like but a, that, the difference is, yeah, he like wanted a job. And no one would get, yeah, I guess, but I, I think it is the same thing where Spagnolo, I, I think if he was offered a head coaching job, I think Spagnolo would take it. I think just no one even asks. Because he's, <laughs> he's not like he's a like hot the best defensive coordinator in the league. He's just yeah. old. Some, he failed 15 years ago, so no one wants him. 
Also, during the broadcast today, DK, I don't know if you heard, I, don't, I can't remember if it was Burkhardt or Greg Olson, but was I haven't been on Twitter today because I've been traveling a lot. It has, is it known that Ben Johnson is going to be the, the commander's head coach? No, I, it's not official. I think it's it's well, the Burkhardt worst Burkhardt basically kept said as much. I think it's, it's, I feel like it's the worst kept secret type of deal that like every, everyone sort of assumes he's going to be, but he's still taking interviews. I think like he, there was a report that the Seahawks want to interview him. Oh, someone called it a four. Yeah, no, you're right. I, it's called a foregone conclusion. For ben I just Johnson. thought that was odd. I was like, what? Burkhart and Olsen. Are did he accidentally like, yeah, leak it? A- did he, did he maybe accidentally leak it? Or is this maybe just one of those things where he thought no, that I, was I, the case? Jeff Darlington reported it is a uh, foregone conclusion in Washington that Ben Johnson will be the coach of the Commanders. Jeff Darlington's oh. the guy who said that Brady wow. would leave the Patriots in like October and everyone. Right, right, right. Jeff okay, Darlington so wow, knows that's, shit. That's huge. How, how do we feel now about uh, Goff and the Detroit offense minus Ben Johnson? I Well, I mean, for fantasy, I, immediately I would buy because all anyone's going to talk about this offseason is going to be, will the Lions be bad? without their offensive coordinator who went to Washington and then you'll get it priced in and then just take what if they're good and fine. Or worse, or you get an Eagle situation where the coordinator leaves and everything crumbles. That too. But I think it's, it's, it's a little bit worrisome. I'm sure we'll cover this a lot in the summer, but it is worrisome how much Goff fell apart when he had McVay. <laughs> and, and then obviously he was rehabilitated in Detroit. Um, obviously a very different situation, but... I don't know. He, he to me feels more like coordinator sensitive than some other quarterbacks. Yeah. The more I think about it, that was my first reaction. Now that I think about it, it was incredible how Shane Steichen just immediately made the Colts like really, really good as an offense. Not like incredible, not elite, but it's like what I mean. Do you remember how bad the Colts were on offense like not that long ago? Like with Matt yeah, Ryan, and, like the last six years, like you know, bad the Colts have been. I mean, they like and were pretty good with freaking uh, what's his name? Minchu, they were in Minchu, every game. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, Gardner, like Shane Steichen just did all that off the top. Like he just came in and was like, Michael Pittman, you're going to get the ball a lot. Like Josh Downs, like he just just came in and immediately with like not that different ingredients, just kind of made something that tasted like completely better. Uh, so and then the Eagles got worse. So that's what that I see out scary. of my boy Artie Smith when he comes over to Pittsburgh next year. He's just going to mix it all up, make a beautiful Sunday. That's no, it's good. It's a good. What's he going to do? Bench Najee Harris? He probably should do That's that not, anyway. Yeah, we don't have any good players for him to not give the ball to. So it's so it's like balls in your court, Arthur. Figure what's that he gonna out. What's he going to do? Give Pickens three targets a game? Like that would be like a huge increase. So he's fine. Right. Riddle me that, <laughs> Arthur. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So schedule wise, DK and I are going to be in the senior bowl. Mobile, I'm going to see you tomorrow, DK. We're, we're going to be in the senior bowl. Oh, so yeah. we're going to do a couple draft shows this week. Craig, you're on. I don't even know. Oh, you, Craig, Craig's again going to be in D.C. 10 minutes from my apartment when I'm in Mobile, Alabama, because we played this really well. <laughs> um, incredible. So D.K. Solik and I will have a couple shows for you guys this week. And then, yeah, we'll be previewing the Super Bowl draft show, everything next week. We'll do prop bets, all that stuff. And then, yeah, we're covering the whole offseason, too. So stick with us. Any other parting thoughts? Anything we want to hit? We're going to have no. two weeks. We're going to have two weeks to cover the Super Bowl. We can save it. You know, I feel terrible for Lions fans. Purdy versus Mahomes, the yeah, two best that, quarterbacks in the league. It's true. I was we kind of underrated the Lions. I, I'm sorry, Detroit fans. Like that's brutal. It's tough. It's especially tough. I feel like because uh, man, that first half was some electric shit. Like the all time most fun 
offense and like they're just absolutely just destroying San Francisco. There was a picture of Eminem just flipping off like all the 49ers oh, yeah. fans. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> and then it just all came crashing down. Barry like the Sanders most, was there. Uh, yeah. Brutal. How much more fun would it have been to have the freaking Lions? I sorry, Niners fans, but like I mean, whatever. The Niners have been to the Super Bowl a million, million times. Yeah. But Eminem be like, hey, you're kind of corny now. How's that? Barry Sanders will have to talk. You know what I mean? It'd, it'd be incredible. All right. Fine. Goodbye, everyone. Well, no, no. I have to thank everyone. Yeah, thank yeah, you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Carlos, for producing this episode. Thank you to the national radio. Whatever announcers were in this booth I'm in right now before me. Thank you um, to them. Thank you, sure. Lord. Lord. Thank you, Eminem. <laughs> Nice. Damn. Oh, man. One last shout out for Detroit. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. They'll be back. Maybe. <laughs> nice. I'm just saying. It's it's hard to get back to the top of the mountain, man. Uh, also, the Lions have literally never made a Super Bowl. This is, again, this is like why I don't want us to gloss over. I don't want anyone to like take for granted the fact that they the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl again. Is It's so hard to get to the Super Bowl. It's so hard to get the Super Bowl. Well, Brady desensitized us because yeah. now we're like, oh, cool. Chiefs are in the well, Super Bowl again. You have to have so I, many things go lucky for you, too, in addition to having a good team. You know what I mean? Like, it's so hard to get back to the Super Bowl. We, so that's many moving the thing, parts. though. The weird thing, honestly, well, there's a whole other, we can talk about this during the Super Bowl, but like, yeah. there's an NBAification of this where how many basketball careers, teams, players, whatever, were just kind of became. I don't know, little Wikipedia paragraphs in like the Warriors or the or the LeBrons, whether it was the Cavs or the, you know, the Heat. It was just LeBron and the Warriors for like 10 years and the Spurs. It, it was just like that was literally a decade. And then how many? But it's other always been that way. Just, it was like the the Russell Celtics and the the Bull, you know Chicago MJ Bulls. And I mean, this like, yeah, like my Sonics were like a footnote in the the Bulls era. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they, and I I think that's more normal in um the NBA, the NFL, Brady and Mahomes have kind of taken it to a new level. Like, I don't know. Like the night there was Niners in Dallas. And then it was the giant. Like there were more teams, frankly involved. Like the, Tom Brady just came in and did half the AFC for 10 years. And now Mahomes just like, it's just Brady and Mahomes are what? 15 of the last, or 14 of the last 19 Super Bowls are just Brady or Mahomes from the AFC. Is that true? I don't know. Are you That's, counting? Are you counting the Brady one when he went with Tampa Bay? Not even counting that, are you? I guess he made ten, so I guess it'd be nine for Brady, and then Mahomes made four. So it's thirteen of the last twenty with two dudes. Yeah, I mean that's insane. Sixty-five percent. All right. Let's say anything. Anyway, is Eminem a cool rapper name? I can't tell. <laughs> a cool rapper I've name lost, or a cool guy? I've lost all context of that. I can't tell if it's a cool name or not. It Eminem. His be. name is Marshall Mathers. Is that cool? If I was like, if my name was Michael Madsen and I was like, guys, I, I have a rap name. It's Eminem. Would you be like, dude, super cool. You nailed it. And then secretly behind my back, be like, Eminem? You can't oh, do shit. that. No, I don't think Steven's so. Steven's here. Perfect time. Come here, Steven. Oh. oh, wow. We're literally about to wrap the pod. So that, wait, uh, Ask him if Eminem is a cool rapper yeah, name. Working. Oh, it's not. Well, you have to talk into this mic. <laughs> well, He's holding a mic. It's not plugged in. <laughs> he just no, walks around go with a microphone show. so nobody will talk to him. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> it's, it's like having headphones on. The, are you excited, Brock Purdy? Are you excited to talk about Brock Purdy for two weeks? No, no, this is my worst nightmare. Not because he's <laughs> going to make it. I think like me having to 
if I become a thing at the Super Bowl, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> and I think there's a possibility. No, this is good. They're going to talk about you. They're going to talk about you on the I'm going to have to put him at number one in my quarterback rankings before the Super Bowl. Just to- Do you realize that Brock Purdy is going to be asked about you at on Media Day? I mean, I'm probably going to ask him about me. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Get in front of it. That's the that's the play, I feel like. Yeah. Oh, wait. You can't hear them, can you? Oh, my God. No. can't hear anything you guys are saying because no. he just walked in. Forgot. <laughs> what do you guys want to talk? I, know, I know how technology works. Yeah, Hyphus is the dad that doesn't know how technology works. I'm just waving at Steven. All right. This is, this is good shit right Goodbye, here. Goodbye. Incredible. Goodbye, everyone. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.